Hello, everybody. Jeff Salzman here, and welcome to The Daily Evolver. One of the best things about my job here at The Daily Evolver is, is that I become exposed to a lot of people who are using integral principles in real-life applications, and thereby creating the next stage of human history. And that's, you know, really exciting to me. And that is the case for my guest today, Lloyd Fickett, who has created an organizational development system that you may have heard of, I had heard of, it's called the Collaborative Way. And, um, and I, I, I hadn't paid much attention to it, uh, but a friend of mine uh, said that I should because it really has a lot of integral sensibility to it and principles. And I did, and I agree. And I met Lloyd a couple of weeks ago, we had a coffee, and there's a real fragrance of integral to what he's doing. And it, it, it really got me excited in, in the sense that it feels like he's not only you know, creating an organizational development product for companies, but also just mapping out integral territory in terms of particularly relationships. And so uh, I'm happy to have the man on, on the show, uh, Lloyd Fickett, and welcome uh, Lloyd to the show. Thank you very much. It's a delight to be here. Yay. So uh, let me just start, Lloyd, by asking you to bring <clears throat> our listeners up to date and explain what you're doing and uh, where you're trying to take people and, you know, whatever integral principles that are involved. Okay. This is, this is what we do here. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, <clears throat> as you were saying, uh, the collaborative way is something that we offer to organizations, companies of various sizes from as small as I think our smallest client is around 25 to our largest is around 10,000 people. And um, the collaborative way is a called out intentional way of working and relating together. So, and in order to have that, uh, we've found that what you need is a small set of practices that you call out and then you take on learning to work and relate that way, consistent with those practices. Um, and one of the things uh, about it is that when you do in an organization take on these practices and we'll get into what the practices are in a minute, um, it is a way, it, the, it um, becomes a developmental organization or like uh, Robert Keegan has recently popularized a DDO develop, the deliberately developmental organization. Mm -hmm. And now one of the things uh, about with the collaborative way is that this uh, deliberate development is focused very directly at what the company is up to and what they're intending to accomplish. Um, this way of working was born out of a a need, a demand for an extraordinary way of working together. So it started back in 1990 was when we started practicing the collaborative way, uh, approaching 18 years, tw uh, 28 yeah. years now. <laughs> yeah. And um, we were in the situation where I was working with this company called Rodell. They were the world leaders in providing uh, consumables for polishing silicon wafers, making computer chips. And back then there was a breakthrough called planarization and making 
computer chips that allows for us, one of the key things that allows for us to have all the modern toys that we have today, technology, smartphones, the world we live in, in so much is without planarization wouldn't happen. Planes of print, uh, printed circuits on one computer chip. When this occurred, they realized their market was going to explode. And their question was, how do we continue to be a world leader in our marketplace? And they recognized that as their market exploded, the large companies like 3M and Cabot were going to come into their marketplace. And they could see that uh, those companies had more dollars they could throw at the marketplace, more PhDs they could throw at the marketplace than Rodell ever could. So if they were going to continue to be the world leaders, how could they possibly do that? And they came to the conclusion that the only way they could do that is if they came up with an extraordinary way of working together. Okay, so um, let's pause there. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that in a way is <clears throat> sort of its own, you know, certainly higher consciousness sensibility here, where even the idea of deliberately developmental, that's yes. sort of one of the things that happens when one takes this evolutionary worldview. You realize that I, Jeff, am an evolving creature in an evolving cosmos, and I am in uh, co-evolution with everybody I meet, whether or not they know it, I know it, or in any given situation, but it is the case. Yes. And that we could apply this to uh, an organization and just feel that updraft of emergence that wants to arise through that container. Yes. And that's a great starting point. So anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. And then <clears throat> uh, they approached me if I would join them in taking on this challenge of developing an extraordinary way of working together based on some work I'd done with them in the past. And it was like a dream dream engagement, you know? So yeah, sure. And then we started and we started, when we started, we started as most uh, organizations trying to accomplish something like this would do. We started in the I and the it quadrant, you know, building um, uh, deeper commitment, building um, changing behaviors, building communication skills, leadership skills, those kind of things. The, that would be what we'd normally do to, develop and to have uh, uh, this kind of extraordinary performance. And we were making ground, but as I looked at it, I didn't see that we were gonna make the level, we're gonna make it too extraordinary. And, uh, and given what, was, what we viewed as coming our way, which actually did come our way, we were clear we needed extraordinary. And as I started to look at that uh, and really be honest with myself about it um, and ask, well, so then how are we going to get to extraordinary? And that's when it hit me that if we wanted to get ex to extraordinary and how we were working together, then where we needed to start was in the we quadrant. Mm -hmm. How are we relating to know one another? Okay. So just a little bit of integral theory here. Yeah. The, the, the quadrants, uh, also could be seen as first, second, and third person. The first person takes up two quadrants. So let's just, first, second, and third person is a really nice, easy way of, of visualizing this. Yeah. So you're talking about the, the I was taken care of in terms of people's own motivation and all of that good stuff, the vision, whatever. The it in terms of the systems were good. And, but the and, and behavior and things like that. Yes. And... But the part that's missing is the we space, which is yes. the second person. 
And we got to have them all on board. You got to have all of these systems, um, you know, working together. Yes. These actually dimensions of reality is what they are. So we space is its own thing. And so you uh, uh, focus there. So if we're going to be, and, and you know, it's kind of obvious because you can see, say with a sports team, you can have these extraordinary uh, performers and they're not a great team and they don't perform well as a team. So how do we get that we? And that was the next question. How do we get the we? And it, uh, that's where it just hit me. If we just simply call out a small number of practices that would define how we worked and related together and then take on learning together that way of working, that would be the pathway to extraordinary. And then the next question is, well, what would those practices be? And that also, I guess, based on the years of having been on a number of extraordinary teams and all my work I've done um, in, uh, growing myself, and it just seemed obvious. Yeah. First, we need to listen generously to each other. Really get good at listening to it. If we want to be extraordinary, We've got to listen to each other. And then if we can learn to speak straight and why speak straight, what we're saying is to speak honestly in a way that forwards contributes to what we're up to. So each of these two practices as do the others requires a great deal of responsibility to, if you really begin to get what they're about. The, the next uh, practice is to be for each other, to be for each other's success, to really see each other as truly individuals, human beings with networks of relationships, families, um, that we see each other as something more than a means to an end, and to see each other as really uh, true individuals and then work to support each other's success. And, Boy, when you get deeper into that, that just requires a lot from you. Well, and, uh, and let's do, even as we walk through this, Lloyd, let's okay. start with the first one, which is listen generously. Yeah. And, you know, we all hear about listening and, you know, that's in the air and we all know that that's important, but there is something that's profound. I mean, there's, there's deeper um, sort of dimensions to listening that I think you really plumb you know, yes, and yes. so maybe tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I think the first thing and the first place we always go to when we're working with um, uh, a group of uh, people from a company is, can we wake up to the fact that normally we live as though our listening has very little impact? Even if we know better, if you look at us behaviorally, how we go through a day over and over again, we'll behave as though our listening has little impact. Uh, and we don't even notice that that's what we're doing. Um, it'll be in the way that we just assume whatever, if, we feel, if we're feeling attacked, then we assume we're being attacked. If, we, uh, um, if we're having a performance review and it feels like the, our, our boss is belittling us, putting us down, not appreciating our contribution, we assume that's what's happening. We don't often stop to look to see, whoa, I could actually listen to this differently. Mm -hmm. 
that this, the way I'm, how I'm feeling here has a lot to do with the way I'm listening. I could actually, with the same conversation come at me, shift to listening from, wow, my boss mm -hmm. is really committed to my performance, to my success. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so many examples of where we behave as though our listening has little impact. And I mean, we see it daily, like we're on our cell phones, texting and talking to somebody and actually think that has no impact. Right. And it has an impact. Aye, 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 with the phones. Yeah. I mean, at dinner parties, it's, it's you know, <laughs> at, 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 at gatherings with friends, it's just the, it, it's the, it's, it's like the water draining out of a bathtub yes. in terms of the energetics of the situation. And, and, you know, enough already with them. Exactly. And if we're uh, in a, a business meeting and we're off somewhere else, we, we think that the fact that we're not listening has no impact on the room. Yeah. I mean, and if, if you does. don't have a no phones policy in your business meetings, let's start there. Yeah. You know, and, anyway. And, anyway. Soon, and soon most of our companies adopt that so yeah. that we work with. So um, <clears throat> then when you start to wake up that you're, it, however you're listening has impact, it starts to move you for, towards beginning to actually take responsibility for that fact. That all the time, however you're listening has impact. Yeah. Now, well, the gets... listening actually is a very, you know, it's the other pole of the conversation and, in, in, you know, and, and that you actually, and, and I think this is a sort of an integral sensibility that, um, you know, anybody that you're relating to, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there they are. And they're a human being. And, you know, if we have this sort of re-enchanted sense of life, I always love the hero's journey <laughs> thing, you know, that every person we meet has a little something to give us and they're all crazy and it's a big mess. But what an adventure. And so yeah. and with that kind of an attitude, we take each other more seriously and drink each other up in a yes, way that is just delicious. And you're pointing to what we, when we talk about listening generally, so we say listening for the value, listening for the gold in what the other person is saying. So to have real, to lead with curiosity and intention to learn backed up by a willingness to be influenced. Yeah. Because if there's not so, that, yeah, well, yeah that, let me just stop there. The willingness to be influenced, boy, that is, uh, that's 180 degrees opposite of how a lot of uh, about how our habitual conversations go, where we're looking to influence. Yes, and, it's not and, so easy to be influenced. And then, as you're talking about the habitual, the next place we go to is what are those what filters we're always listening to through? So there, we're always listening through filters. So uh, if we know someone, they're an old friend. It's like, oh. Tom again, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. And you're, now we're listening through all of our filters and we actually think we're hearing what Tom is saying. Yeah. Uh, or, or if I'm busy, I'm like, I'm busy now, go ahead. And I, I actually, I don't say that out loud, but that's what's happening inside. And I can only get through, I'm busy. Or I'm annoyed, go on. And then I'm, oh, Tom, I'm busy, you're annoyed, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and yet we, still behave like whatever is actually getting through all those filters is exactly what that person is saying. Yeah. And well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, 
you know, becoming that's bigger awareness, seeing all of seeing, you know, seeing uh, what, what do we say? You talked about Keegan. It's uh, one of the ways of looking at development is that what used to be subject becomes object. So yes. what I what was me, just this big mess of Jeff, I now can have. Uh, so I could look at that as an object from a new bigger subject, a new bigger Jeff could see that and see that, oh, look at him with all his filters and look at him with all his habits and look at him, you know, I mean, I, I always think of my, I did this uh, uh, Masters of Divinity program uh, where to become a chaplain uh, in later life. And, um, and, and, and I loved it. It was a Buddhist approach, of course. And so one of the things they taught was that when you were um, sitting with a client, like somebody who's sick in the hospital, that you will have basically a windshield wiper going, where you just continue to pour your attention into them. Uh, and, they, and then noticing what comes up and just getting rid of it and just pouring your attention into them. And damn, you know, that is not only healing for the subject, that is healing for, the, you know, for, for, for me as well. And, uh, and just, and also the other thing too, Lloyd, is that, I, that I've realized is that, and I don't mean this from a manipulative point of view, but it, it, people can't resist it. You yes. know, if they feel like they're really being listened to, oof, yeah, you can it's, answer kind of back anything you want, you know, in a way, but go on. Yeah, yeah it's an ultimate gift is yeah. to, to listen. And as you were pointing out, when you start to wake up to those filters, it is uh, um, transformational, that subject-object shift. And after we do our first day of work with, uh, with a group, they go home and practice listening generously. And they'll come back and uh, share about it and uh, share about setting aside their filters. So they have the filter for their mother is a certain way. And they see that for the first time as a filter. And they set it aside a bit and bring a new curiosity. And suddenly a whole world opens up for them and they have a depth of connection and, and hear things they haven't heard before. And I mean, when we debrief those stories, the room is uh, enrolled completely. And it's so deep. Uh, it blows you away what one night yeah. of true listening generously can bring. Okay, so you're, you have them for the day. They go home for one night to generously listen and come back the next day and there's that kind of a profound, profound shift. Profound difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things I love about the, your work is that it's just applicable to, you know, we spaces of our family, our friends, our loves, our spouse, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, even our political opposition. Yeah. Uh, and that's useful. Well, it's one of the beautiful things about the collaborative ways, and and we have a uh, we're uh, just getting all that feedback about the fact that wow, the way I work is now making me a better father, mother, spouse. That that work is contributing to the whole of my life. Yeah, um, that is uh, yeah, that's one of the really rewarding things about uh, what we're doing together. For sure. Yeah, and you know, to me, the biggest of these five practices are the ones from the one from which all else flows, and I love it. Is this one about being for each other? Okay. And um, I don't know if you have a particular order, but it just feels like to me that when when I 
Um, when I notice my relationships and my friendships, uh, it's part of the filters that we're talking about. But I have my little grudges with all of my friends and you know, with my you know, people that I'm close to. And uh, it's interesting to just sort of uh, set those aside mm -hmm. uh, and, and to approach the other person with this attitude that I'm for you. I actually want the, the best thing possible for you, even though you annoy the shit out of me. But I don't know. Uh, if you had another order, you wanted to go in. But that no, that's is great. That's very great. powerful and, to me. And it's very uh, connected to, they're all interconnected. You can't be for somebody. Yeah. if you, it's, it's essential you listen generously to them. And the one thing I would like to just touch there is we, after we look at the filters, we work on the, what we call the, the uh, skills of listening generously, paying attention and really getting people to work on waking up to paying attention. And then, then the next skill is what we call replicate, being able to listen so as to give back what the person is saying. And then recreate to listen so as to be under what they're saying, to get into their perspective and appreciate their perspective. So if I, uh, which I, I'll have to do a lot of checking to see if I'm getting there, but to appreciate that person's commitment what they deeply care about, to appreciate that person's feelings, and to appreciate how they're seeing the world, mm. such that what they're saying and doing now makes sense. We tend to give advice from over here, my view about your situation, rather than doing the hard work to get over into their view about the situation. And when you do that, that's also part of what allows these incredible stories to occur the totally. next day. And from Jesus here, we could we can start to co-create together. So, um, and then when you bring that back to being for each other. Um, well, wait, just, well, just yeah. one second. So, uh, you gave like, there's four little mid-steps <laughs> mid there. I just want to make sure we nail those because I like those. Yeah, so the first one is getting good at paying attention. To do that, you've got to recognize, get really good at recognizing when you're not. Okay, so paying attention. All, all, all people, all, we, as you, as we all know, you can't just pay attention. You are going to get distracted. How quickly can you notice that? Because right. only when you notice it does the choice arise to come back and pay attention. Yeah. Okay, right. then the next one is to listen so I can be able to give back. I wouldn't always give it back, but listening at that level of attention that I could actually give back what you're saying to. So when you it's could repeat back to, uh, to me what I was saying and get it right. In, your, in my own words, obviously, yeah. but right. yeah, exactly. At that level of understanding. And then the next level is to listen, what we call recreate, uh, where you're working to get over into their perspective and appreciate where they're really coming from, what, what's their, what they care about, what they're committed to, what they're, what they, um, how they see the world and what they're feeling. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So multi-perspectival. I mean, really getting in the shoes, looking out through the eyes of another human being. What an amazing, and I love the word practice, you yeah. know, and I always define the word it's, practice. I forget who defined it this way, but I loved it. It's the thing we do to be faithful, not successful. So, right. you know, I, I'm not going to get this right, looking through your eyes and standing in your shoes, but I can get better at it. And every onion skin is progress. So. And a key part is checking for understanding. 
you keep checking for understanding and that lets you get closer and closer and closer. Yeah. And as you say, I'm never going to get in your shoes. You got them occupied. And it's important to appreciate that because otherwise I'll start. If I get colonizing good, you. Yeah. I yeah, <laughs> start thinking I actually do know what you think. Right. Instead of <laughs> then we're back to your yeah. def a defective version of what I think you should be. Yeah, exactly. Which is where we started. And so okay. when you get to being for one of the critical practices there is doing cleanups. Because we're going to, if we're up to something together, we're trying to accomplish something together, we're going to bump into each other from time to time. And we will, and even if we aren't, but we'll definitely when we're up to something. So then rather than letting those collect so that we do get all these filters and stories about each other, we go when, when we bump into each other, we go back and clean that up. And that's going to require a lot of speaking straight and listening generously, working to get into the other person's perspective about what happened, supporting them to get into your perspective about what happened so that we can really uh, appreciate what occurred there and then look to see how we can set ourselves up not to uh, bump into each other in the same way. So I hate cleaning things up. <laughs> it, well, it's I like we keep going and ignore it. It's no. like, yes. Uh, well, um, there's not too many of us that are like thrilled to do cleanups. And uh, it's like so many aspects of the collaborative way, they're uh, awkward and uncomfortable. And okay, yet, fair enough. So you yeah. deal with awkward and uncomfortable uh, directly. That makes yeah. very good sense because growth is awkward and uncomfortable. You know, A fundamental, fundamental being able to speak straight is giving yourself the permission to be uncomfortable. Eesh. Okay. And again, speaking straight is honest and forwarding. So it has to contribute. And it requires that I um, take responsibility for impact. So it's not enough that I just speak up or not just, not about dumping. It's not just turning my mind on loudspeaker. It's a, it takes a responsibility for how do I say this in a way that's actually gonna contribute to this audience, to this person, um, I take responsibility for how it's landing. Okay. And so that I can dance. So you make, take responsibility to, for other people's feelings. I thought we were absolved of that. <laughs> well, you, you can't, you're not in control of other people's feelings and you do participate in what occurs there. Owning your participation. Of course and, you do. No, yeah. that's right. That's right. And especially if you're close to people, you, you know what's going on and if you pay attention and you're not absolved, you're part of it. And that's yeah. part of just this loosh, this sort of matrix of we space that, you know, is happening all the time, both ways. Exactly. It's exactly. Starting to break up some of that, uh, the myth of uh, separate self there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We got that too, but that's over in the I space yeah. in the we space. It's a different animal. You yeah. know, we're in it together. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great, Lloyd. I, I really love that. So that's part of the speaking straight is taking responsibility, um, yeah. especially yeah. I, I often think, you know, if, if people who are at the higher stages of development have more responsibility for relationships than people at lower stages of development. This is mm -hmm. a sort of a parent child thing. It's an obvious thing in terms of natural hierarchies, but not a bad thing to remember, uh, you know, just in general. 
So, okay, so there we have the, the, th the, the, the first three, which are very much intertwined. And that's yeah. be for each other, listen generously, and speak straight. Yes. Cool. All right, so what's the other two? Okay, so the next one is uh, honoring commitments. So to take on that practice, and David, you said practice earlier, and we, that's the thing we underscore over and over. This is about, no one's ever gonna master the collaborative way. I've been practicing for 28 years. I'm learning uh, regularly about the practice. So it's practice, practice, practice. Can we build enough mutual understanding and mutual commitment that we have a foundation to now practice and then continue to learn and support each other in our learning? And then when it comes to honoring commitments, um, one of the things that's assumed is that uh, generally in the world is that there's mutual understanding about what we mean by commitment. I find that that's not the, not the case. So we work together to build a mutual understanding about what we're, what we're gonna collectively mean by commitments. And so we work on that. Uh, um, and one of the key things in around, uh, many key things there is uh, like with transactional commitments, you need to have a buy when or you don't have anything to manage. You need to have mutual understanding about what those commitments are. It's not enough that it's a one-way understanding. We need mutual understanding. And that the receiver of a commitment has responsibility for that commitment, just not just the person making the commitment. So if I'm a receiver and the, someone's making a commitment to me and my internal dialogue is, oh yeah, here we go again, just like last time. And then I accept that commitment. I'm not honoring commitments at that very moment. Well, you can accept that commitment knowing that they're going to fail and then they look bad. Yeah. Well, isn't that would be the. Isn't that, isn't that good? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not honoring commitment yourself at that time. You're accepting a commitment where you don't think it's going to happen. And yeah. You should, no, I know. And yeah, you know, exactly. But it makes, you know, it shows oh, them up, it oh, shows yeah, their you, true colors. Exactly. I get to feel all great and I throw a big hissy. Yes, exactly. I've, and furthermore, I've been victimized because you let me victim. down. When so. I, but when I look at it from the very beginning, I set that up. I wasn't for the other person's success. Nope. I didn't speak straight to them. Nope. And, I, and we lost the real chance to listen generously and work through this until we could come to a commitment where I, as the receiver, also was committed to that future happening. Yeah, the ball actually gets moved you know, we actually get something done. I mean, the difference when a group of people is practicing the collaborative way, almost at any level of understanding, as long as they are practicing, is extraordinary. Really? Yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed you had some really great testimonials on your sites from your, your clients. And um, that's pretty good, you know. When well, you know, there's actually feeling a move, a, a real movement. I mean, there's companies that have been practicing the collaborative way for going on 23 years now. So, and that it's core and fundamental to their success and they're clear about it. And when other companies interact with them, they go, whoa, these guys are different. Wow. You know, yeah. uh, like with, with a construction company that's been practicing for 22 years, a software company with their Google campus, having invested greatly in um, their culture, starts interacting with them about an iPad app to make the field for uh, supervisors far more effective. It's such a critical app to the future of that software company that the CEO gets involved in some of the collaborations and he's sitting there in the room and going, 
whoa, these guys listen better than we do. Yeah. These guys are straighter than we are. Yeah. What's, what's the deal here? Yeah. So. Well, you just realize how much, um, you know, a friction and, and sort of garbage that is like seaweed hanging off of us as we habitually move through our lives of unclear commitments and unheard messages and all of the stuff that's, it's just, you know, it's weighing us down. And this really is a sloughing off of a lot of that kind of stuff. And like every stage in, of development and like growth in general, it is awkward and uncomfortable. And that's the part I hate. And what's uh, also cool about it is what's awkward and uncomfortable in many times becomes comfortable, becomes awkward not to do. Say, for example, we're talking about these establishing commitments and you'll be in a meeting. And in the beginning, now we're all there to support each other's practice and we're open to being supported by each other's practice. So I'm sitting in there in a meeting, I see two people building a commitment together and I noticed they didn't have uh, this transactional commitment. They didn't have a by when. It's on me now to speak up because I noticed it. So I speak up and say, hey guys, I didn't hear it by when. And they go, oh yeah. And then they you know, establish by when they're gonna accomplish this. After that, at first that's so awkward and to do and some brave souls take the leadership. But then you start sitting in a room where when that doesn't happen, it feels awkward if somebody doesn't speak up. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, you, you know, you, you really have developed growth when all of a sudden you don't want to go back to the way you were. You know, that it, was too easy, too comfortable, and, and ultimately boring and suffocating and getting yes. you nowhere, you know. So we establish these practices in the we space and how we're going to work and relate together, make those mutual commitments, mutual understanding. That then pushes us to grow in the I to fulfill on those. And because it change our behavior over here in the it, we integrate these practices into all of our uh, process systems and those sorts of things uh, in the it's, and then it comes back over and by to we and starts being the norm. So it feels awkward not to practice. Yeah. So. Right on. Yeah. All right. And then so the last got, practice. Yeah. So we got the four. So being for each other is my first one. Listening generously, speaking straight, honoring your commitments, you know, no, realizing the commitments flow both ways. And then the final one, and I love this one, is... Yeah, the, what, what we call the secret sauce, the uh, acknowledgement and appreciation. Acknowledgement and appreciation, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right so on. we actually take on the practice of acknowledgement and appreciation up, down, across the organization. So we're all responsible for giving, receiving, and requesting acknowledgement wherever it's missing. So it's a much greater... Uh, responsibility for acknowledgement, appreciation, being present, um, and then to learn to give it with depth. So it's not just, oh, great job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's okay. Uh, um, where we really work to get into, well, what specifically, what was the great job? What they have to go through to do that? What kind of impact did it have on me personally that they did that? And what's opening up for us or them or the team as a function of them having done what they did. Yeah. And when I, when I start to bring that kind of depth to my acknowledgements, it's like, uh, right on. 
No, I think even as a, 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 of a parent with a child. Yes. Just, just noticing, not, you know, you're really smart, you're really pretty or whatever, but just noticing what's going on. And it actually, you know, what you're talking about here is just a natural function if you're listening, if you're paying attention, if you're there, you know, if you see the other person as a precious gift, you know, then acknowledgement and appreciation flows naturally. Yes. You know, and in many ways, that's the truth about all the practices. You know, when you, when you, uh, so many people will say, oh, this is all common sense. Most of it is, yeah. but it's not all, but most of it is. Uh, and yet it's not common practice. Right. So what happens when we turn it into common practice? Well, the, the extraordinary happens. Yeah. And to do it is going to force you and us to grow, to develop. And we'll have to meet all our reactive patterns that are going to, because you do, you take on these practices. One of the great thing about them is they reveal your reactive patterns that are constraining your development. And to, to move forward means to begin to be able to recognize those reactive patterns so that you can begin to choose to let them go and recenter yourself in what you're up to and into practice in a collaborative way. And then to bring the practice forward from a centered place. Um, to forward what we're up to now, it's so that our developmental practice is not just we're trusting that our development is going to help forward what we're up to. It's actually in service of what we're up to. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, right on. And it's, it's really encouraging to hear that organizations are using this over time and that there is a difference in their, you know, relate they're relating they're functioning they're you know how they feel about it and um you know just who they are as people right exactly yeah. i mean the level of uh, appreciation for that is is amazing so, yeah so yeah. yeah and it's not easy to do it takes leadership it takes a lot of practice it takes going through the awkward and uncomfortable yeah. it's it, so we're we're not yeah. saying this is there are no silver bullets there's nothing that's going to that's is uh, you got to earn your way through development. No, totally. Yeah. And, and as you say, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's common sense in a way, but you know, it sort of always is. I mean, it's just a yeah. deeper groove, you know, a yeah. deeper understanding of, Oh, listening. Okay. I thought I knew what listening was. Now this, I get a deeper dive into that. Exactly. And that's really cool. And, um, and Lloyd, I want to um, uh, point out your book which the yep. collaborative way, which I really is, is it's, it's, it's like in the, in the tradition of one minute manager. It's a, it's a yeah. parable. It's nice and easy. And, um, and I, I really thought it was great. And, um, and yeah. So um, is there anything that um, is left unsaid and, here? Or? Well, just the one thing for people who do want to get that book. And we also have another book leading the collaborative way. They're only available off of our website. And, uh, which is collaborativeway.com. Right. All right. So that's oh. how people can reach you, find out more. And, um, and, and yeah, uh, as I said at the beginning, the, the principles here, you know, they're tuned for work groups, but they're just sort of, you know. Uh, any partnership, any relationship. Yeah. And as we sort of map out this territory of the next stage of WeSpace, this is, you know, some good territory you've really staked out. 
So thank you very much, Lloyd Fickett of The Collaborative Way. Thank you, Jeff Salzman. It's an absolute delight to be with you.